You know, Jesus Christ had commandments, and he said, if you love me, you will follow my commandments. What in the world are we talking about? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Rod Hember. And I'm Janice. And this is Bible Discovery TV as we study John chapter 15. What a great way to introduce this topic today. We're going to study that in about five minutes, so make sure you stay tuned. Ryan is also here, right? All right, well, you know, Jesus on several occasions claimed to, to be God. In fact, he even claimed to be the I am that I am of Exodus chapter 3. And this is going to be my focus today. All right, very good. That is excellent. Janice? Today, full of joy. All right, very good. And also, Jess Cantillon, Jim Cantillon's son and the proprietor of This Is Israel television program, is also on in a little bit. So we're going to talk to him. So that's coming up in about 25 minutes. But make sure that you get your Bible guide out and open up your Bible and let's listen to the Lord. John 15 9 through 23. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends, for all things that I heard from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name he may give you. These things I command you, that you love one another. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake, because they do not know him who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would have no sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. He who hates me hates my father also. John chapter 15, verses 9 through 23. Today, we continue to read John chapter 15, chapter 16, and chapter 17. Now, if you look up the meaning of the word religion, you'll likely get a definition that involves a set of beliefs about the cause, the nature, and the purpose of the universe. 
higher power or powers. And usually how religion includes devotional and ritual observances along with day-to-day moral codes. When we talk about Christianity, about Jesus Christ, the person, it certainly involves some of these religious things, but also goes beyond them. We love God because he first loved us. 1 John 4, verse 19. Religion by itself cannot love anyone. It is God who loves and empowers us to do the same. It is critical that we learn how to read the Bible as God's word to us. It's not that we always understand it perfectly. We have difficulty and sometimes we have trouble because of the way we think in human mind. But the Holy Spirit helps us to understand what God is saying. Today we study scriptures in John chapter 15 that talk about Christ's love and how we must live if we are truly followers of Jesus Christ. Now, that's interesting. The question is, are we truly followers of Jesus Christ? If we are, and we say we are, then really this is a lesson we need to pay attention to. I need to listen to this today. Take your Bible guide and turn to it. If you don't have a Bible guide, remember, you can call us or write to us or go to BibleDiscoveryTV.com and you can turn to today's page, the seriousness of God. And Father, I pray today, as we listen to you, and as we hear you, that your Holy Spirit would work with our hearts. We need to know what you're saying, especially right now, when the world is in such a mess, the economy, the wars, it just, it's just a mess. We have to come to you because, Lord, you're the only hope. So we come to you, Lord, and we say, teach us your ways and show us your paths. In the name of Jesus Christ, may we read from your Bible, not read to support our own ideas. Help us, Lord. In Jesus' name, and we said together, make it so. Amen. All right. Let's look at the scripture, verse 9, chapter 15. As the Father loved me, Jesus says, I also have loved you. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another, as I have loved you. I want to read verse 12 again. This is my commandment. Did you know Christ has commandments? This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends. If you do whatever, I command you. This is fascinating. The commands of Christ keep us in love for one another, not in stress or turmoil or conflict. 
The Lord will keep us close to him as we yield to his commands. That is very hard to do. Very, very difficult. And I can tell you, I have trouble doing it. But I know when I do, the Holy Spirit helps us and helps me. That's the way it is. And so many churches are fighting and scrapping over stupid stuff. When God said that. Let's go on. No longer do I call you servants. For a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me. But I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give you. These things I command you that you love one another. There it is again. Jesus Christ identifies all obedient believers, all obedient believers as his friends, as Moses and Abraham were called the friends of God. The Lord is amazing in his recognition of us as people. Can you believe that? I mean, I got a lot of mistakes in my life. I make a lot of, I don't do things the right way all the time, but I can tell you that Jesus calls me his friend. So I, I praise God, the Lord is good. Very important. Our oneness with God helps us, beloved. We need to keep that in mind as we continue on. Look at these next scriptures because this is important, 18 to 23. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. Did you get that? If the world hates you, we focus on ourselves. But he says, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they would keep yours also. But all of these things they will do to you for my name's sake, for my name's sake, because they do not know him who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would have no sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. He who hates me hates my father God also. Brings me to this point. When we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and we follow him, we choose God. This world is lost to sin, but we are found by God. This world is lost to sin, but we are found by God. There is nothing better than anything than to be found by God. And let me tell you, God is waiting for you right now. He is as close as the mention of his name. Come to Jesus and say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. 
I need you. I believe you paid the cost of sin, died on the cross, and you rose again in the flesh. Help me, Lord. Help me today. In the name of Jesus Christ, and we said together, Amen. This character of King Saul, this historical figure. Now, I think it's probably fair to say that most of us, when we think of King Saul, we think of the bad guy foil to King David. But an entire book of the Bible is also dedicated to mostly his reign. Of course, that's 1 Samuel. So I'm really excited to jump into it today and see what we can learn about Saul. Welcome back to the program. Today we're continuing our reading through the Gospels and Jesus Christ actually claims to be God. The I am that I am many times throughout those Gospels, although it gets sort of lost in our English versions of the Bible. So today I want to bring Jesus's words to light. But in order to do that, first, we need to go back to Exodus chapter 3, where God first reveals himself as I am that I am. It had been a daily routine for the past 40 years. Moses had been shepherding his father-in-law's flocks in the land of Midian, and this particular day was no different. The now 80-year-old Moses, as he had done many times before, led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the Mount of God. Then, on what was an otherwise ordinary day, the extraordinary happened. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Through this first and most dramatic encounter with this figure, Moses would learn, first of all, that this was none other than God Almighty, the God of his fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Secondly, to Moses' dismay, he had been chosen to deliver his people, the Israelites, from the bondage of the Egyptians. But who should I tell them sent me, Moses asks. I am who I am, he responds. Therefore, tell them I am has sent me to you. In other words, I am self-existent. I am the eternal God. I am Yahweh. It is highly significant that Jesus of Nazareth referred to himself a number of times as the great I am. In fact, Jesus uses this expression in two primary ways, both of which echo the Old Testament description of Yahweh. He uses it in a simple predicate construction, such as I am the good shepherd, as well as in the absolute sense, without a predicative expression, so that it is rendered simply as I am. Jesus employs this absolute sense several times throughout the Gospels, particularly in John, although many translations add the word he, rendering the phrase I am he, or change the phrase completely to it is I in order to avoid an awkward reading. However, this term is not at all present in the original Greek text. For example, in Matthew 14, 27, when Jesus is walking on the sea, he speaks words of comfort to his terrified disciples. Be of good cheer, I am he, do not be afraid. But in Greek, the word he is not present. So literally, Jesus said, be of good cheer, I am, do not be afraid. Also consider John 18:6, in which Jesus again confesses that I am he. Again, in the original Greek, Jesus simply says, I am. And these words uttered by Jesus caused all those present to physically draw back and fall to the ground. Jesus' repeated use of this phrase in the absolute sense draws on Exodus 3.14 and other Old Testament passages 
where the phrase clearly refers to God. In using the expression, Jesus is explicitly identifying himself with Yahweh, asserting his eternality, self-existence, and changelessness, and claiming to bear Yahweh's presence on earth, a claim that is undoubtedly confirmed through his death and resurrection. So I could only give a couple of examples due to time constraints, but there are other passages where Jesus refers to himself as I am in the Greek. And I really, really encourage you to continue this study on your own if you haven't done so already. It's a really fascinating and enlightening endeavor. And if you want to watch this segment again or read it, then you can on our website at BibleDiscoveryTV.com. Just go there and look for my post called Jesus, the Great I Am. In the meantime, remember, Jesus Christ is the Creator, Lord and Savior, and He is the Great I Am. If you haven't accepted Him as your personal Savior, then I ask you to consider Him today. He is alive, and He's as close as the mention of His name. Time is short, so don't wait. Yeah, that's very, very important. Thank you, Ryan. Excellent work. Uh, Janice? Yes, well... I titled this Full of Joy. I love these three passages, starting at verse 9 of John 15. As the Father loved me, this is Jesus speaking, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. And you know, Rod, we have those great Sunday school songs that we learned, you know, that Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so, little ones to him belong, they are weak, but he is strong. And then we do a, a Bible discovery Awana program with little kids. And, and one of the songs that they love to sing was, I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. And then they yell, where? And then we say, down in my heart, where? Down in my heart, I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart, down in my heart to stay. And that joy comes from the strength of the Lord. We can't generate that kind of joy on our own. It's a supernatural gift that God gives to us. When we Does that mean we're going to not have trouble and not have trials? No, we will. We will. But you know what? Jesus has overcome that and he will help us through them and we will be stronger when because of his help when we go through those. So just somebody needed to hear that today, mm. that Jesus loves you. He loves you. You are not an accident. You are designed by him and loved greatly by him. And because he will fill your life, if you come to him and ask for his forgiveness and ask him to come into your heart today, he will do that. And you will be filled with a joy and a peace that doesn't come from this world. And you'll be able to sing that song too. And you'll be able to have the answer. Where is that joy? It's down in your heart. And what, what are the people that uh, is in the place where Jesus Christ lived and operated and all of that is Jess Canelon. Mm -hmm. And Jess is, uh, I don't know what the kibbutz is, uh, what the nearest city is, Jess, but uh, well, what is the nearest city? Uh, the nearest city would be Tiberias, uh, which is just on the western coast of the Sea of Galilee. Um, and, uh, you know, it's not uh, not too far away. It's about a 15-minute drive uh, to the west. 
uh, maybe 20 minutes. Uh, but uh, yeah, we're right here at the sou- southern end of the of the Sea of Galilee. It's just gorgeous mountains everywhere. Uh, the Jordan Valley, freshwater. Uh, I mean, for a dry and thirsty land, it's a pretty wonderful place to be. One of the things that I noticed when I was in Israel uh, last is I first went to Israel in 1991 and I've gone to Israel through the years and I've noticed a lot of things changing. And uh, there was a lot of desert there in 91 and we went out and there was sand everywhere. Desert was everywhere. And uh, recently I went back there and the desert, they had shipped off the, the top of the desert and converted it and everything. And they brought it back and put it and there's farm fields there now. Uh, this is incredible, Jess. I mean, the, 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 this is incredible work they're doing. Yeah. You know, it's, it's prophecy coming true. Uh, it's, uh, life coming to, to, to the wilderness and, uh, you know, they've done it through innovation and creativity. They've irrigated the desert, uh, and they've, uh, they've made breakthroughs with high tech in terms of, um, yeah, you know, from from hearts like that, where they where anything is possible in this country. This is a anything anything is possible place to be. Uh, people that dream big and take risks and uh, and they go for it. So yeah, you you go to the desert now and it's a fruitful a fruitful place that produces. If you're eating dates at all at Costco, you are getting those from the desert in Israel. Yeah, that that is really mm-hmm. important. And this is Israel's a program you're doing. You just started doing it. Eight programs you've done. And uh, Ryan is producing it. How many do you have finished? Uh, as of today. The I've taping got, in September. Yeah, yes, I've got two. Number three is almost ready. Um, but I, I imagine by the time this program airs that all eight of them will be complete. And so those eight are on Israel Video Project, and that's on YouTube, Israel Video Project. And go there uh, and subscribe to it. And Jess, you're in Israel now, and you're doing a lot of work there. And you do material from Israel and edit it, and we put that in the program. Yeah, well, what I do is I do a little five-minute segment, uh, me and a selfie stick uh, and a Bible, <laughs> adventuring through the country, trying to find uh, unique places to go and visit, to try and give you, the, the audience, uh, a glimpse of, of what Israel actually looks like. Uh, not, just, not just the land, but also the people, the culture, the faith, uh, the rich heritage. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's really wonderful. When you're standing on Mount Carmel, you see uh, that clouds coming in from the west uh, – would would have been a very welcome sight indeed. Uh, this beautiful, beautiful city that looks like uh, uh, maybe a San Francisco. Beautiful, uh, you know, houses built on tiers nowadays in Haifa, and it's just it's just a gorgeous place. So I try to bring you in to see uh, Israel, so that you can understand the scriptures better. Uh, and I really believe that uh, Israel is the the place where faith becomes sight. And uh, as you as you come here and experience Israel for yourself. Uh, the Bible comes alive to you in, in ways you could never imagine. So uh, that's the goal. I hope that through these little five-minute segments that I produce, uh, that you will start engaging with Israel. Now with the show, we then bring in an expert to talk about those episodes. And then we and then we wrap it all up together at the end, uh, bringing home a, a really good sort of uh, biblical nugget uh, that you can take home with you. So it's uh, it's been an honor to, to do uh, with, with you, Ryan and Rod and, and Janice, and just to see uh, the Lord at work and do something exciting. I I like what you say, see the Lord at work. Uh, The Lord has done this and we're very, very excited about it, Jess. And and, I mean, uh, when you open up the Israel, a lot of people can't go to Israel, but when you open it up, it's so amazing to see it. 
And uh, I really believe that Israel Video Project will continue to go. We, of course, air it on our network as well. But let me ask you a question. If you were to uh, say something to people uh, who are curious about this is Israel, they're just curious about it, and they're not sure about it, what would you say to them? I, I would say it's not going to bite you to, to watch it. <laughs> I, I would just say, look, this is a, you know, this is an opportunity for you to um, uh, to to peek into the life and, and times of Jesus. Uh, you know, obviously, we're separated by a couple thousand years uh, from when he walked the earth. But there are still buildings standing today that were standing in Jesus's day. Uh, so when you walk into a house in the north of Galilee, all those houses are made out of basalt stone, which means that uh, it's a volcanic stone. They don't uh, crumble. And so there's a lot of houses still intact. Uh, and you'll, you'll walk in there, and you'll realize that first thing you realize is that they were shorter back then. Uh, they weren't as tall as we are. And, uh, you know, because otherwise they built the houses really poorly where they bumping their heads the whole time. Uh, you know, and then you notice that there were different floors and levels and, uh, you know, there were there were fences and uh, it was quite it was it was very relatable to how we live today. Um, and so, you know, that's that's what I would say. If you're interested in Israel at all, uh, look, um, God has made promises throughout history and uh, he has chosen to bring his great plan of salvation to all the families of the earth through one family. And that family is the Jewish people. And um, and so today, still, as his promises are still unfolding, because we don't yet see him face to face, we see him still being faithful to this people, this original family who uh, helped broker the peace and uh, the salvation of the world. Yeah, that, that is really, really good. That's excellent. Israel Video Project on Bible or on the YouTube and Bible Discovery TV. It's there too. Or also on the Roku channel or on the Fire Stick television. Uh, on all of it, uh, it's available. And it's Jess Canelon. Look Jess Canelon up. That's very, very important. He's going to be with us again on the next program. But in the meantime, this is Israel. Remember that program and look at it. Thank you for being with us today and staying with us as we have listed the prayer requests that were given to us and we prayed for them and thank you for praying. And remember, we have a prayer meeting, a live prayer meeting at 3.30 Eastern Standard Time in the U.S. Uh, every single day on Facebook and YouTube and Bible Discovery TV. Go there and join us in prayer. Today we pray and we say, Lord, help us to stay close to you and help us to stay in your way today by the power of the Holy Spirit.